Well, purpose changes everything, right? Changes everything. Like when you know the, the purpose of something, it actually changes the way you use that thing, or at least it should. Uh, because when you miss or miss out on the purpose of something, uh, that can actually lead to disaster, or at the very least, it might lead to embarrassment. Take, for example, the selfie stick. <laughs> but you didn't see me going there today, did you? Like, uh, this is the, the world's greatest invention, is it not? Not, right? We used to say in the 90s, not. Um, as if we were not obsessed with ourselves enough already, we created a device to get better angles of ourselves for our selfies. And I know for a fact that not only should you not text and drive, but I'm pretty sure the purpose of the selfie stick is not to selfie and drive as well, as witnessed by this young man on this video. Go ahead and check this out. So much for that Jeep. You might think that snowboarding with a selfie is slightly less dangerous, but as this snowboarder found out, maybe you shouldn't snowboard and selfie either. Check this out. I love how he never stops selfieing. <laughs> like there's another chairlift coming and he's like, I got it guys. Getting to safety. Shifting gears a little bit. Have you ever wondered what you would do if you were taking a selfie on a selfie stick but received an important phone call? Have no fear, this lady was caught showing us what you could do. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> Be careful turning, you might poke somebody in the eye if you're doing, if you're doing that. And, and, and finally, I, I'm pretty sure Pretty sure. A selfie stick purpose is not meant to deceive people, but apparently that's what this young lady was doing or at least trying to do. Go ahead and check, check this out. Now, at first glance, you may not, not get it. You might be actually like, oh, how sweet. She's taking a selfie holding the hand of her boo in front of a fountain even. And yes, I use the word boo in a sermon. I have no idea if anyone uses that word anymore or not. I'm too old to know what words I should use. But if that were her boo, her boo has no body because check this out. <laughs> a selfie stick made in the image of a hand. That's what you call creepy and desperate right there, all right? Now... It's, it's one thing, it's one thing to miss or misuse the purpose of a selfie stick. We saw it can lead to embarrassment, a, you know, a, a bump on your noggin, some damage to your car, uh, but it's another thing altogether. If you miss or miss out on the purpose of your life, and purpose is what I want to talk to us about today. As we're starting the third and final part of a sermon series we've been in all summer, it's called Glory. 
If you're new here, by the way, uh, my name is Jeff Manis. I am the lead pastor here. And, and regardless of whether you're in the auditorium or joining us on video somewhere, I am just so glad that all of you are here today. There's only five Sundays left in this uh, series that we are in, and we've been walking through the last five chapters of the book of Romans in the New Testament portion of the Bible. If you missed any of the previous sermons, you can always get caught up on our website, elementchurch.life. You can also listen on our podcast as well. And here's something we, I believe, need to remember when it comes to our purpose. I think everyone wants to not only know what their purpose is, but they want to live it out if you truly get down to it. But here's what we've got to remember. Living out our purpose is not really for us. We've made it out to be about us because we're good at that as human beings, but it's not really for us. Now, yes, I do believe that when we live in the purpose that God has for us, it leads to our fulfillment and satisfaction, but, but God doesn't give us a purpose only for our good. It is good for us, but that's not the ultimate reason he gives us a purpose. So the ultimate reason I think is found in our big idea for today, it's on the screens if you want to write it down, and it's this. God's glory gives us a purpose so that our purpose will give God glory. We have a purpose. God's glory gives us a purpose. But that purpose is intended to actually give God, bring God glory. And I know this because that's what the theme verse for our series would seem to indicate. Romans 11 verse 36 really is, I believe, the foundational verse for the final five chapters of Romans. We've been reading it every week. Here it is again, Romans eleven thirty-six. For everything, that includes our purpose, for everything comes from him, that's God, exists by his power and is intended for his glory. All glory forever to him, amen. Now, you might be here today and for whatever reason, you don't believe in God. You don't consider yourself a follower of Jesus. So you might be wondering, well, how will this message apply to me, and it's true that today's message, it really does focus more on those of us who, who do believe, but, but whether you believe or, or not, first of all, I do hope that you know we love you and we love it that you are here and that will not change whether you ever believe what we do. And second of all, uh, at the very least, you're going to get to see today the fact that not only does God also have a purpose for you, but how your purpose can bring God glory too when you choose to believe. So if God's glory gives us a purpose, we have to answer, I think, this big question today. What kind of purpose does glory give us? What kind of purpose does glory give us? The main scripture is Romans 15. 14 through 22, we are literally just going verse by verse through the, the final five chapters, and there's only two left, 15 and, and 16. Romans is the sixth book in the New Testament portion of the Bible. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation today. It's the translation we most often use here at Element. So if you didn't bring a Bible with you or you're using another translation and you want to follow along on the screens, the, all the scriptures will be there. And as always, if you don't own your own Bible, we want to give you one for free. Just ask for one out in the lobby and we'll get you one free of charge. Remember now, Romans is a letter written by a man named Paul. We call him the Apostle Paul, and this letter was written to a group of Christians in Rome. 
And we are now nearing the end of this letter, and Paul is shifting gears now. He's shifting gears from really teaching theology and doctrine, and now he's just addressing them directly as his friends and co-workers in the kingdom of God. It's important also to understand here that the purpose we are going to see in these verses is not something where Paul just comes out and says to all of us, this is your purpose. It'd be way easier if he did that, but he doesn't do that. What we will see though, if we look closely, that in these words that Paul uses to talk about himself, I think it reveals a greater truth about all of our purpose in God's glory. So Romans 15, starting in verse 14, says this. I am fully convinced, my dear brothers and sisters, that you are full of goodness. You know these things so well, you can teach others, teach each other all about them. So what, what things was he referencing? Well, really, Paul was referencing all the things he's written about in this letter, and for us, all the things we've been talking about in this series. Paul was telling them, you know these things so well, you could teach them to each other, verse 15. Even so, I have been bold enough to write about some of these points, knowing that all you need is this reminder. For by God's grace, that's important, this is, not, this is not something I earned in my, in my own merit. It's not something in my, in my own strength. By God's grace, something he did for me and gave to me, by God's grace, I am a special messenger from Christ Jesus to you Gentiles. I bring you the good news so that I might present you as an acceptable offering to God made holy by the Holy Spirit. So I have reason to be enthusiastic about all Christ Jesus has done through me in my service to God. Paul said about himself, by God's grace, not by my own merit, but by unmerited favor, by God's grace, I am a special messenger from Christ Jesus in service to God. In other words, he had a unique calling, if you will. And that's the first thing I want us to see today. That God's glory gives us a purpose so that our purpose will give God glory. And what kind of purpose does glory give us? Number one is this, it gives all of us a unique calling from God. A unique, you and me, all have a unique calling from God. I think the word calling scares us in the faith. I think we hear the word calling and we think that's something just reserved only for pastors and priests and for the certain few people in history that, that do something revolutionary in the world. People like, like Martin Luther King Jr., Mother Teresa, or add names to, to your list there. But, but a calling isn't just something for the chosen few. A calling is something for all of us in the faith. Hello. It's for everyone is a, is a calling. That by God's grace, not earned on our own, the unmerited favor of God, by God's grace, each of us, like Paul, we are a special messenger, if you will, that, that, that we are in the service of God, that, that each of us have a unique 
calling that, that every one of us, we in this room, anyone within the sound of my voice, anyone who is alive, we are made on purpose, with a purpose, for a purpose, by God's grace, from his glory, and for his glory. That listen, no one here is an accident. Let me say that again. No one here is an accident. You are not a mistake. That your parents may not have planned you, but God has a great plan for you. Someone needs to hear that today. No one here can say they don't have a unique calling from God. You may not know exactly what that calling is yet, and I've done you no favors by leading you to it, but all of us have, have a unique calling in God. You may not know what it is, or, or deeper still, you may not think you're worthy of it or able to live it out. Does that hit close to home? Because I'll be honest, that's where I struggle with my calling, if I'm just being honest. Like, I know what my calling is without a shadow of a doubt. I know what my calling is. I know what I'm supposed to be in the kingdom, where I'm supposed to serve in the kingdom. And I still struggle to believe it. I still struggle to live in it myself. Like God's unique calling in my life is what I'm doing right now, to preach the word of God with boldness and to lead Element Church with vision. That is God's unique calling on my life. But you know what? I struggle to believe that every single day. I struggle to live in it every single day. And do you know when I struggle with it the most? Right before I come up here to preach, when I'm standing down there on the front row worshiping God with you, I struggle with it the most. You see, here's why. I know all the sins I've committed in my life. I know how many times I've let God and other people down. I know all of my insecurities, all of my inadequacies, all my weaknesses, and all my fears. And sometimes they are overwhelming. Now, I can't tell you how many times I'm getting ready to, to walk up here and preach God's word to you. Or like this last week, as I was writing this message, I can't tell you how many times I hear the, the, the small whisper of myself, or really the small whisper of our enemy, Satan, saying things like this, you can't do this. Don't you know who you are? Don't you remember what you did? Don't you know so-and-so can do this so much better than you? I struggle comparing myself to other pastors out there. I struggle comparing our church to other churches there. I'm just letting you know, I'm not immune to this, all right? I'm not immune. But here's the good news. One of the words of truth that God gave me that I speak out loud over my life every day is this. Jeff, I knit you together in your mother's womb. I knit you for this purpose to lead Element Church. And listen, friends, I believe God wants me to speak some truth over this room today. I believe as your pastor, God wants me to speak some truth into our lives against the lies of the enemy because the Bible says lying is his native tongue. And every time he speaks, he lies. And if we're not careful, we'll believe the lies. So we need truth to combat the lies. 
So I'm gonna speak some truth over this room today and someone, someone needs to hear this, that no matter who you are and no matter what you've done, no matter where you've come from and no matter what you have believed, no matter what anyone has said to you or believes about you and whether anyone planned for you or wanted you in this life, that, that not only is there a place for you in the family of God by faith in Jesus who died for your sins and rose from the dead, but there is also a God-sized purpose waiting for you in his kingdom, that God knit you together in your mother's womb to accomplish a purpose for his glory, that if you're still breathing, God is still birthing a purpose in you. That's truth today. And here's what blows me away, okay? This is what blows me away. God not only knows all the sins I've already committed, he knows all the sins I will ever commit, and he still chooses me for a purpose. I pray someone's set free today to live in their, in their calling. That you may not be a pastor like me, and you may not be an apostle like Paul, but that's okay. Because God has a unique calling for your life as well. So what is your calling? Bad news is I can't tell you what it is. Only you and God can figure that one out. And you may not know what it is, and listen, that's okay. It's okay not to know right now what your calling is. I would just say, do today what you know to do today, and tomorrow will take care of itself. I think sometimes we miss out on God's purpose for today because we're consumed with finding his purpose for our life. Like God's not trying to hide your calling from you. It's not this crazy game of cosmic you know, hide and seek. God wants you to know your calling more than you want to know it. So I would just say, I believe if you would commit yourself every day to believing in Jesus, following him as expressed in his word, you won't have to find your calling, your calling will find you. But it starts with just that universal calling of following Jesus every day. I did once hear someone give this advice that I thought was helpful, maybe it's helpful for you, maybe not, and it's this. Figure out what makes you glad, what makes you sad, and what makes you mad. At the intersection of those three things is probably where you'll find your calling. What makes you mad, sad, and glad. God's glory gives us a purpose so that our purpose can give God glory. And what purpose does glory give us? Well, we each have a unique calling from God. And then Paul continues verse 18. Yet... And that is a powerful and important transitional word we'll come back to in a second. Yet, I dare not boast about anything except what Christ has done through me, bringing the Gentiles to God by my message and by the way I worked among them. They were convinced, not, my, not by my own power, not by my own strength, they were convinced by the power of miraculous signs and wonders by the power of God's spirit. In this way, by the power of God, I have fully presented the good news of Christ from Jerusalem all the way to a town I will not try to pronounce because I will mess it up. <laughs> little little uh, word of advice I didn't just use for myself, but you might want to use this. If you're ever reading the Bible and you come across a name or something that you can't pronounce, if you just say it with confidence, everybody else thinks you got it right. <laughs> right? 
So just say it, like just speak something. So the second purpose that God gives us from his glory is this, an unfiltered promotion of God. An unfiltered promotion, promoting, lifting up of God. I chose the word unfiltered on purpose for this social media age in which we live. <laughs> Can I get an amen? Like, in fact, you know, we'll put filters on pictures that don't look good enough, but if we get one that's, you know, good enough, we'll actually hashtag it no filter, <laughs> right? Because we don't really know how great a picture we got. We are made to praise God. We are made to promote God. And not just here on Sunday morning during the 25 minutes we have to sing, which I would just add, some of us who say we believe in God might actually want to start singing during that time, but that's not the only time we should praise and promote God. We are made to promote God in every part of our lives at all times. This is not always with our words. I understand that we can't just go around singing songs all the time. People will think we're more weird than we already are. The problem is, even though we are made to promote God, we live in a self-promotion age, right? We, 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 we live to promote ourselves, okay? The, the selfie stick illustration I used earlier is proof of that. And, and please don't get me wrong. I love me a selfie every now and then. I already took one today with some teenagers from the church and we posted on Instagram and I use social media just like most everyone else does in the world. But as much as I love social media, I think we'd all admit it's also a dangerous trap, right? So social media itself is not bad. The enemy, Satan, takes what's intended for good and twists it for evil. So social media is not bad, but we can make it into something that's dangerous and bad in the process. And if we're honest, I won't ask for a show of hands, but I would raise mine with what I'm about to say. If we're honest, anyone who has ever used social media would admit that you've probably posted something at some point in your life that was a subtle attempt to show just how awesome you really are. Am I preaching too close to home? Like, we want people to think better of me. We want them to, to like me and comment about me. And, and we, we might actually, you know, filter it through some praise to God, hashtag blessed, hashtag glory to God. This is just human nature. We want others to think better of, of us. There are even times that our self-deprecation, our depressing posts, are a desperate attempt for self-promotion. I'm not saying this is true every time, but many times the posts about how bad our life is right now are done with the hopes that other people will tell us how great we are, that we'll get some attention that we'll get some attaboys for enduring this difficult season. I can tell I'm preaching close to home. I'm not saying that we should never use social media to, to talk about the good things or bad things happening in our life. I just say all that to say, Paul could have easily promoted himself from both his successes and his defeats. I mean, he was literally 
Not figuratively, literally, God's special messenger taking the good news about Jesus to the Gentile world. Outside of Jesus, Paul was probably the most influential person in Christian history. He wrote 13 of the 27 New Testament letters in the Bible. He started 14 churches that we know of. And of those 14 churches, they, they started dozens and dozens more. I mean, when you look at the, the impact of Paul's ministry, millions of upon millions of people, us included, right now in this moment have been impacted by what Paul did. On the flip side, okay, on the flip side, like his life was not great for all the great things he did. He was whipped so many times he lost count. That's what he said. I lost count how many times I've been whipped. He was put in prison on a number of occasions. He was beaten with rods. Once he was stoned, and not the fun kind, right? <laughs> he, he, he was shipwrecked three different times, and on top of all that, get this, on top of all that, he was a Raiders fan. <laughs> I, had to, I had to lighten the mood a little bit. I mean, they've been bad for a long time, but not that long. I think we can all agree. <laughs> Like if Paul wanted to boast about the great things he did or the great ways he suffered for doing those great things, he could have done that, but he didn't. That's why the word yet in our main scripture is so important and so powerful. Look at verse 18 again. Yet, even, though, even, even in light of all the great things I've done with God and even though all the great ways I have suffered, yet I dare not boast about anything except what Christ has done through me. That part of his purpose and part of our purpose is to have an unfiltered praise and promotion in God. That we would boast only in the Lord in every area of our lives. Psalm 20 verse 7 says this, some nations, I inserted the word people, some people boast of their chariots and horses, but we boast in the name of the Lord our God. Amen. Psalm 34 2, I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Listen, you, you may not know what your unique calling in the kingdom is right now, but you still have a purpose no matter where you're at in your walk in the kingdom. And that purpose is the same as Paul, an unfiltered promotion and praise and boasting in the Lord in good times and in bad, when, things, when God does great things through me and gives great things to me, or when I suffer greatly, the name of the Lord is to be praised. I will boast only in the Lord. Why? Because everything comes from him, exists by his power, and is intended for his glory. And the glory of God gives us purpose so that our purpose can give God glory. And what kind of purpose does glory give us? A unique calling from God, unfiltered promotion and praise of God. And number three, a heart for those unreached by God. We should have a heart for those who are unreached by God. Paul ends this section, verses 20 and 22, by saying this, my ambition has always been to preach the good news where the name of Christ has never been heard. 
rather than where a church has already been started by someone else. And just a little context here, I don't have time to dive into this. The church landscape in Paul's day was a lot different than today. Like there wasn't, you know, Element Church and Calvary Chapel and Cheyenne Hills and First Baptist and all these different names of churches. There was the Church of Rome and the Church of Corinth and the Church of Ephesus, and they met in homes all throughout the city. So Paul's saying, I want to go to new cities that don't have these house churches started yet, okay? I've been following the plan spoken of in the scriptures where it says, those who have never been told about him will see, and those who have never heard of him will understand. In fact, my visit to you has been delayed so long because I've been preaching in these places. So Paul had this undeniable heart for the unreached by Jesus. And we, as followers of Jesus, we should have an undeniable heart for those who are unreached by God. How do I live that out? Well, it, it might start simply by partnering with whatever local church you attend to serve in that church and help that church reach more people. It's a great next step. So if you are a believer and this is your local church and you've yet to partner with us to reach people, it's a great way just to show your heart. I'm gonna, I'm gonna partner with the church I attend because we're reaching more people. It might be inviting your neighbor to come to church or your coworker or a friend or a classmate. It might be actually sharing your faith with someone outside of these four walls. I, I'm just saying, and this, is, this is pointed on purpose. If, if your heart is not moved for those who are unreached by God, I would actually question whether your heart's been reached by God. Because when your heart's been reached by God and you understand the depth of sin in which he forgave you, you want everyone to experience that. And you'll actually sacrifice of yourself to accomplish it. I mean, that, that's what we're all about here at Element. Our vision is we exist to guide people to experience life to its fullest, connect into meaningful relationships, and make a lasting impact. And I will tell you that we, we will never truly experience life. We will never truly have meaningful, eternal relationships. We will never truly make a lasting impact outside of faith in Jesus Christ, who died for our sins on the cross and rose from the dead and committing ourselves to follow him every day, being changed into his image only by the power of the Holy Spirit. We can't accomplish it outside of that. It's about Jesus in my, in my life. And really listen, this is the why, what I'm talking about, this is the why behind things we do like the college move-in day coming up this Saturday. Hang with me, I don't want you to miss this. That what we are doing this Saturday is not just helping people move. Yes, we are helping people move, right? We're helping them do that. But our prayer is that in our helping them move, God would actually move into their life. Like moving is one of the most stressful times in anyone's life, can I get a witness up in here? Like no one likes moving. Like, I don't care how excited you are about where you're moving, moving sucks. And someone's like, finally, something I can agree with in this sermon. 
Like no one likes moving, right? And, and throw on top of that, just the awkward time of transitioning from high school to college, uh, teenage years to adulthood, and to add even another layer, the, the, the statistics are staggering of how many young people abandon their faith or solidify the fact that they don't have any faith while they're in college. So college is a crucial time for God and the church to be an active part in someone's life. So imagine, just play along with me. Imagine someone you love, a sibling, a friend, a child, a grandchild. Someone you love is heading off to a new community like Cheyenne and a new college like LCCC. And you're a Christian, so you've been praying that they would connect with a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching, Jesus-loving church. And on the first day your loved one arrives on that campus, there's a church like ours there, just ready to help move in boxes and give them free stuff, which we're giving away free stuff to these college kids. And who doesn't like free stuff more than college kids? <laughs> right? Like credit card companies have figured this out. Here's a crappy t-shirt in exchange, you can go into debt for the rest of your life. <laughs> oh, I'll sign up, okay. Now listen, this does not guarantee that every young, young adult we serve this Saturday will end up putting their faith in Jesus. It definitely does not guarantee that everybody we serve on Saturday will be in church here on Sunday. The reality is though, as Christians, we don't serve because there is a return. We serve because it's the right thing to do. It's just right for the church, for Christians to actually be helping people with things they hate to do. And so we're gonna show up and, and do that. And, and our hope, our prayer is because we have a heart for all people, including people who are unreached by God, by simply serving at a college move-in day, maybe one of those kids is looking for a church where they could, where they could call home. And that's actually one of our core values, a place to call home that we're gonna love people for who they are so we can lead them to where they need to be. Or maybe one of those college students, there's some difficult days coming their way that they can't even see yet, but God in his sovereignty can see it. And so he's gonna place some church people in their midst. And maybe when that difficult day comes, they'll remember that church that served them and they'll reach out for help. Or maybe, maybe they're gonna call home and be like, mom and dad, you will not believe these the weirdest people showed up today and they were all wearing the same shirt that said, I heart Wyoming on it. And they helped me move all my stuff in and they gave me free stuff. And maybe that will spark something in a parent or a grandparent who doesn't know God. Like we, we don't know the fruit that will come from it. We just want to be faithful to serve those around us. Always remembering there are unreached among us there's unreached among us. And with that mindset, when you view the college move-in day through that lens, like I know it's a Saturday, I know it's most everyone's day off, but there should be a waiting list to serve those kids on Saturday when you look at it through that mindset. And I, please understand, I get it. Like some of us already have plans made, we won't even be available. I'm one of them. 
Like I won't be there on Saturday because I committed to another event. There's a conference happening here in town. I was asked to come share at this conference on how we connect with community. Hello! (laughs) While I'm talking about it, you can be doing it. What we're doing this weekend is not just a college move-in day. It's a showing the love of Jesus day. And maybe someone will have their heart quickened to put their faith in Christ. Maybe they won't. Or maybe someone's love for Christ will just be reconfirmed by actually seeing the church doing what the church should do. Serve. Just serve. So if this is a way that you are able and available to live out your purpose, I would just encourage you to sign up. Not all of us can, I get it. It's not bad if you don't, okay? But there should be no reason why we can't just lavish love on those kids this Saturday. You can sign up at Next Steps Wall or online. God's glory gives us purpose so that our purpose can give God glory. And what does it give us? A unique calling from God, unfiltered promotion of God, and a heart for those unreached by God. And I would just ask, have, has your heart been reached? Has your heart been reached? Because make no mistake about it, Jesus loved you so much. He died on a cross. He rose from the dead so that by faith in him, all my sins can be forgiven, my heart set free, my life empowered to honor him, and my eternity established forever with him. If you've never received that from Jesus, please don't leave without talking to me, a staff member, a volunteer, a prayer team member in the back. We just wanna talk to you about what it means to put your faith in Jesus. Father in heaven, I thank you that with all of our flaws and all of our weaknesses and all of our sin, you still give us a unique calling. You allow us to be the promoters, the praisers of you. And you you have called us to be plan A for reaching the world, the church. The church is your plan A to reach the world. So give us a heart for those who don't know you. We love you, Lord. Thank you so much for what you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you're new, thanks again for being here. Please stop by the living room before you go. If you need prayer for anything going on in your life, stop by the purple tent all the way in the back and we'll pray for you. Other than that, I'm excited for the rest of the series. Can't wait. We'll see you back next week. Love you all so much. Have a great week. You're dismissed.